Welcome to another exciting edition of KLS Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Fitzgerald, Assistant Director of Facilities. And today we are going to discuss five of the essential life skills that fiction novels can teach us. We know that everyone's cooped up at home and looking for ways to stay active and busy. And especially as the spring semester is coming to a close and more of our students are mentioning their reading for fun, we thought this topic was timely and it also would provide you with a very interesting and diverse summer reading list. I have a few guest speakers with me today to help me discuss these essential life skills and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and also to share their history with reading. So first, we have Lisa. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa Malloy, the Facilities and Aquatics Coordinator. As Michelle said, I am an active reader and love to discuss books with anyone who will join me. So thank you, ladies, I appreciate that. I started my reading at a young age and I've always been interested in book series. It started with the Little House on the Prairie series and the Nancy Drew mystery series. I branched into Harry Potter as those came out and the Babysitter's Club when I was a babysitter myself. As a kid, my favorite part of school was when we got to read and our literature books. I also really enjoyed participating in a reading program we had that allowed you to accrue points for reading books. I even participated in a school-wide competition called Battle of the Books and won first place all four years that I could participate in that competition. So at this point, as an adult, I have found that reading is a great hobby and outlet to me in my daily life. I like a wide variety of genres and have recently been trying to intentionally branch out with diverse authors and stories. Thank you, Lisa. All and we right. also have. Hey guys, my name is Catherine. I'm the Assistant Director for Outdoor Adventure at the RWC. And uh, my, my life with reading is pretty similar to Lisa's. Uh, I started reading at a pretty early age and it was always a great escape um, from, you know, anything that might be going on. It was a great way for me to just reduce stress um, to learn more about other places and other people. Um, and I too enjoyed my AR reading experience, though I can't say I won any awards like Lisa. Um, but I've always found that reading was a great way um, just to expand my worldview and get to know people and places and, and stories that were so different than mine. And I think it really helped, I guess, base um, the way that I view a lot of other things now. And so Currently, I always make sure that I take a book with me when I'm out on an adventure. I find that it's a great way to de-stress at the end of the day um, and to refocus myself just on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Plus, it helps me just kind of wind down from an otherwise uh, potentially stressful and um, intensive activity. So I always, I've taken books kind of all around the world at this point, um, and they never leave me disappointed. So I'm certainly excited to share some of the things that they've brought me uh, with you guys. Thank you, ladies. Um, just my brief background, uh, my love of reading also started at a young age. I'd say it was really around nine when I became an avid reader, and it happened mostly when I was playing softball. Uh, we'd have tournaments and weekends away from the house, and I was really into an author by the name of Christopher Pike back then. He was kind of a murder mystery teenage author, and oddly enough, that's not a genre I read much currently. But when I was nine to all the way through high school, I just loved his books. And anytime I could get a few extra bucks, I'd go and purchase a book. And my mom would come into the room and have to turn the lights out on me because I'd be reading under my covers. And 
I just really enjoyed reading and spending that time together. Um, and then into high school, um, two of my favorite teachers were my English teachers, and they were just exciting and they were passionate about the subject and they offered us a world of literature that I never would have picked for myself. And I just carried that with me into college where I actually have an English degree in literature and I feel like I'm really putting it to good use today. So I'm happy to be here to discuss some of the skills that, that we've acquired and to share some of our love for fiction reading with all of our listeners. So on to the subject at hand. The three of us had some time to read a few articles online discussing this subject. And today we'd like to talk to you about five essential life skills we think you can gain from reading fiction. Not that this is an assignment, but as you reflect on your own reading and you read more this summer and beyond, think about these skills and see if you agree or if you find yourself acquiring new skills from approaching literature from a different perspective. In some of our examples, it was the book itself that showed or taught us these skills, and in others, it was witnessing and reading about the characters and their journey, which exposed us to the skills that we will be sharing with you today. So the first skill we'd like to discuss is technical survival skills. Reading fiction can teach us about a craft or technique. It can open us up to different worlds and times in history where people had to fight to survive or learn how to manage money in order to live. An example from Forbes wrote that according to a retired Navy Admiral, he would read through classic sea novels to help him prepare for leading his own ship. He would put himself in the shoes of the main characters and apply critical thinking. I'd like to start with our in-house survival expert and ask Catherine her thoughts on technical and survival skills. Yeah, so I think that you can certainly learn a wide variety of different opinions and thoughts about what it means to survive or what it means to do a technical skill or a technical activity from books. Um, I think, though, what really gets to the heart of this skill is what um, that Forbes article discussed about critical thinking. Um, I certainly think that you can learn specific skills, but more than anything, what you can learn from fiction books is that the opportunity and the ability to consciously think through um, a situation, um, to critically analyze what resources you have, what opportunities you could use, um, what options you may have present to you, and then apply a really good decision to that. Um, and I think as readers, we also have the opportunity to analyze the decisions that our characters made and determine if we would have made the same decision or if maybe we would have made a different one. Um, I think certainly for my staff within Outdoor Adventure, we utilize reading and books, especially works of fiction and nonfiction, to be honest, um, to work on those decision-making skills um, and to just critically think through what happens now and then what happens after because we made these choices. And so I think reading, non -fic or reading fiction certainly helped me um, be able to to fully analyze the situation that I am, I'm in and to be able to recognize all of the things that come along with that. The book that really stands out for me for this uh, is Cold Mountain by Charles Frazier. Um, it's a story about really two main characters. Um, one young man who is drafted into the Civil War um, and he's fighting for the South and his love interest, Ida. And most of the book honestly is about um, Inman, the main character, just getting back to Ida. 
So surviving all of the, the wiles of the Civil War um, and then also escaping from that and waking his way back home to um, the Smoky Mountains. And so you see a lot of explanation about scenery, uh, about flora and fauna, and about how he utilizes those resources to put himself into a better situation or really just to survive the night for, you know, if that's kind of where he is in the, at that point. And so I think through reading that book, it helped me recognize that we do have a lot of things around us if we're willing to look. And if we know enough, just even if we know just enough, we can get through um, by just focusing on those things and utilizing those things to um, improve our situation, at least to a little bit. When I think of technical and survival skills and literature, for some reason, I immediately go to the book, The Call of the Wild by Jack London. This was a story I read in high school and it really stuck with me. I had read other survival stories, uh, mostly based around humans. This one sticks out as unique to me because it is told from the perspective of a powerful dog. And you have to think about it in a different way to gain some of the technical and survival skills that this dog uh, experiences and develops through the story. Buck is the main character, the dog that is taken from a life of leisure in California to the chilly north in Canada for gold mining. And the story takes place and unfolds in a time when there was a lot of emphasis on hard work and physical labor, but Buck had lived for leisure when he was with a judge um, in California and had not experienced anything other than playing fetch and being fed on a regular schedule. When he gets to the north of Canada, he has to really fight for his survival and he witnesses rough situations such as dogs attacking each other and fighting, even to the death. In these new experiences, Buck learns to adapt and really finds his innate abilities and uh, skills as a dog that will help him not be weak among the pack. He becomes a leader of the pack and learns to trust his instincts and make decisions based on those instincts. He has multiple masters and there's harsh weather conditions. So things that Buck would experience, he has to see and observe the situations he's going through and make decisions based on the ultimate chance for survival. When he is in a situation where he has to fight for his own survival and the pack survival, he makes a de decision that goes against the majority of what the pack thinks and eventually leads who goes with him to safety and survival. So I think it's interesting to consider what he learns and experiences and that when we think about it from a human perspective, that we can learn to fit into multiple environments that are different from what we are used to if we have the determination to do so and ability to trust ourselves. Uh, the adjustment in learning, you have, to time, you have to have the time to find those skills and practice like Buck did over multiple situations. And it makes me think that humans are equipped to handle many conditions. Um, we have a lot of technology and conveniences at hand in life right now, but if you're stripped of those things and you're able to develop technical and survival skills, humans can adapt and um, become better fit for their surroundings and their natural instincts will help them in survival. Great. Thank you, ladies, for that. I'm not going to go into too much detail with my book, but I just want to do a plug for one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite novels, which is called The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. 
and I had a book club started uh, last year and this was one of the this was the first book of the series and I was introduced to this book when I was um, in high school and if you hear some of the snickering it's because they all read this but they had to read this book I forced them but it was um, one of my favorite genres is historical fiction and so I really just enjoy uh, time period pieces where maybe the characters are not um, are they're made up but where they put them in that life and then that world is accurate and this is one again it kind of talks about what they're both saying um, the will to survive how to make food last as long as you could the ability to save money and you're talking about a main character who was forced into a marriage because she was uh, the story is set in China and it was during a period when you know daughters were married off and didn't really have a choice and just her story all on story um, it's a pretty interesting read I think I switched a couple of my friends over to this book but just a plug and it's on our book list uh, hopefully to entice you to go read something that maybe you haven't before um, but on to our next skill we're going to talk about self-awareness um, fiction can make us question reality and look at situations and decide how we would have acted or reacted. What would we have done if we were the main character in that situation? Fiction can lead us to a better understanding of our true nature and allow us to form a deeper understanding of our strengths, weaknesses, and ultimately ourselves as human beings. Lisa, let's start with you and what you have learned regarding self-awareness through fiction. One of the biggest things I've learned about self-awareness through reading fiction is how the knowledge of oneself and the world can often come through your lived experiences. I think of one of my favorite books, To Kill a Mockingbird, and how it tells a coming-of-age story for two siblings that gain perspective while they're growing up in a small town in Alabama. Scout Finch learns through these experiences about issues like social inequality, prejudice, and morality. A lot of these experiences help Scout understand the world around her, what she believes, and who she wants to be as a person. I like To Kill a Mockingbird for the diversity themes it has as well, but I think that the experience of Scout and her brother Jem maturing through this book and learning through their life in a small town offers a unique perspective on self-awareness. Excellent. So in self-awareness, one book that came to mind for me was, again, one of my favorite authors, Jane Austen, and the book Emma. And some people may have seen the movie. I've read the book many times. It's actually one of the few books I've read more than once. Um, but Emma, and this is more of a fun, a little bit lighthearted read. It was uh, in the 1800s. And again, it was a different time, a different lifestyle. And Emma was from a privileged class and was wealthy, but she didn't really quite understand that. So in her town, she was someone that people looked up to. She led by the decisions and choices she made, and she didn't have to necessarily get married because she, again, she was wealthy, was not in that working class environment. But the whole premise of the book is she she just tries to marry off people and tries to form these relationships with people that aren't good matches and all the while not understanding where she's interjecting herself into places that she shouldn't and I think I can take away from my own experience of you know having times where I wasn't really looking at the situation the way someone else might have or interjected myself into places where my opinion wasn't 
it didn't matter or it wasn't asked for. And so I think, again, this kind of lighthearted read can make you not only see the character at the end, her development and growth as she realized and settled into her own and how she was trying to guide people versus maybe how you might guide or um, put yourself in positions and offer up opinions maybe when they aren't necessarily asked for. Um, so again, I think it was a fun realization for this character to come to light. And I think we can look at ourselves in, in that way as well. Absolutely. And I, I think the book that comes to my mind is also a bit more lighthearted. Um, it's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. And it kind of profiles the life and the growth of four siblings. Um, similar to Emma, you may have seen the movie, but I do believe the book is better. So you should maybe take a look at it. But I think one of the most powerful transformations that we can see in this book that is important for the character, but also important for us as individuals to see is the, the growth and development of Edmund, which is one of the brothers. Um, at the beginning, he is a pretty negative person overall, um, pretty selfish, uh, self-centered, and throughout the book and throughout his relationships with other characters, he definitely evolves into a more caring and compassionate friend, sibling, um, and companion overall. And so I think what's powerful about that is that he was the only one that could change it, and so he had to do the work um, to recognize that behavior within himself to evaluate it and then to decide what he wanted to do with it. And so I think um, as people, that's our responsibility as well. We may have the opportunity to have that pointed out to us by others, um, or it may be up to us and to up to our responsibility to find that within ourselves and determine how we are interacting with the world and change it to either make it better or to keep it the same. But only we have the power to change how we interact. And so I think that's an important lesson that we can learn certainly from books and from the errors of others and then hopefully apply to our lives as we see fit. Great, and now our number three skill that we'd like to introduce you to is relationship skills. And when we say relationship, we aren't just referring to romantic relationships, which is so often prevalent in fiction, but rather the ability to relate to one another we can see how characters deal with struggle, power dynamics, race, ethnicity, corruption, love, death, a gamut of emotions and feelings. And reading how characters deal with these emotions and situations can help us with our own relationships and our own connections. So a book that comes to mind for me as it relates to relationships, almost any that you read are going to have some level of relationship in them, even if the characters aren't human. There's still a connection and a relationship, but the one that I'm drawn to is by John Boyne, and it's called The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. And again, this is a, a period piece set in World War II. And there's a movie too, but I will tell you the book is much better than the movie. Um, it's two young boys are connected through um, the Auschwitz concentration camp, and they don't really quite know what's going on on both sides, but you have one who's a German boy who um, is really lonely at this, this place that his dad has brought him to. He doesn't know why they're living there. They took them out of the city into the country. He had no friends. And as he was wandering around the woods in his area, he came across the concentration camp and a little boy about his own age. And they became friends through this wire fencing. And they learned uh, different 
situations and scenarios. The, the boy inside the camp, his name was Shmuel, and he had a better understanding, I think, of what was going on in the world. He, he knew why he was in there um, or what was going on a little bit more than maybe Bruno, who was the boy on the outside of the fence, not really understanding why he couldn't come out and play with him, why he was stuck in there, what he must have done wrong. And I'm not going to give away the ending because it would be very easy to do, but I will say it's, it's sad. Um, but as far as relationships and what we're talking about here, it was just connecting with people who may be different from you, but they didn't necessarily realize that. They just took the time because they were two boys about the same age to get to know one another, to share, even though they couldn't physically share and be in the same space, they were able to form this relationship and this bond and connect with one another um, in a way that was powerful, especially for the age they were and, and that time and that setting and um, just really demonstrating the bond and the relationship between even children. I think, you know, that kind of points to a lot of what I, I get from um, novels about relationship skills and that we really learn how to build empathy um, by reading books and by reading fiction uh, where we can see the struggles that individual characters go through and then we also see how they overcome it as a team or you know maybe even if they don't and so I think that's one thing that I really take away from reading is that that power of empathy and, and knowledge that other people have just the same depth of emotion that I do too. Um, I know there have been some writers that have talked about the concept or the, the theory of mind, which is the ability to understand others' uh, mental states, their beliefs, their desires, and their differing thoughts. And so I certainly think that's something that readers can gain, both understanding the characters and then even understanding themselves and how they relate to that. Um, but I also think something that I've learned a lot, and this kind of even goes back to the book we talked about with survival skills, um, Cold Mountain, is that relationships can be seasonal. Um, not every person that comes into our life stays in our life, um, but we can always take something away from our relationship with that person. And so I think that's something important, especially for students in college to remember is that you might have somebody that comes into your life for a semester and really makes an impact. You might have somebody that's there with you throughout your whole experience, and you can take a lot away from that. And you may even have people that stay with you after um, college ends and you all go your separate ways. But I think it's just as valuable for the people that are in your life for a little while and the people that are in your life for a long time. They're all characters, you know, to be cheesy, they're all characters in your story and they all have a purpose. You know, no writer writes in a character because it's pointless. And so I think we can apply that to our own relationships too. And, and always remember that we can learn something from, from every interaction that we have. Similarly to Catherine, I think that you notice a difference in relationships in all your books, all the fiction you read. There's characters that are um, short-term, there are characters that are long-term. And when I think about what impacts me the most, I think about my family and relationships that I have with my family. So when I read a book of fiction, then I really identify with that because of the deep relationships that you can have in family. One of those books that stands out for me is the book Little Women. There are the four Marsh sisters, and has a, they have a great variety of personality and character. The Marsh family is a very close unit, and they offer a lot of deep relationships that we can learn from to think about how we relate to our own family or just how families operate in other times of other time periods. 
and other parts of the world. In Little Women, the four sisters, Meg, Joe, Amy, and Beth, are very individual, and it shows in their relationships as they are growing up through this book. One of the interesting struggles that they have is uh, an emphasis with familial duty in the time period, which was during the Civil War, and also the individuality of each girl and their desire to grow as individuals. So you can look at two characters, maybe Joe and Amy, who are both artists and they want to grow in their art. Uh, one is a writer and one is a painter. And they also want to care for the well-being of their family. They're um, going through struggles and trying to support each other through sickness and war, poverty, uh, limitations of society on women at that time. But they're always looking for the um, and caring for the relationships they have within their family. To me, that really ties in right now to the world we're experiencing with our pandemic. And I think it's important to look at yourself and how you are relating to the people in your life. And again, for me, that's a big emphasis on family at this time. And it really helps me think about what I want to be to my family and how I want to have those relationships throughout my life. I can see who I was in the past. I can think about who I want to be in the future and plenty of books of fiction will be able to show you the longevity or arc of a family story. And I think Little Women does that really well and makes me think about what I'm doing for my family in a time like this. That was great, thanks. And I think it's interesting that we didn't even share necessarily um, a romantic relationship between the three of us. It was all different levels of relationship. So number four skill that we wanna talk about is wellness and mental health. And reading literature has been known to reduce stress. In fact, according to a study at the University of Sussex, six minutes of reading is the fastest way to relax. It decreases your heart rate and blood pressure more than listening to music, drinking a cup of tea, or even going for a walk. Psychologists believe the reason reading is the most efficient way to relax is because our brain has to focus solely on the story at hand and nothing else. And with all the changes happening right now that Lisa has mentioned in our society, in our own personal worlds, we can all use ways to distress, relax, and just find joy in, in being in the moment. Catherine, could you please share your thoughts on reading as it relates to wellness and mental health? Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the greatest things that reading fiction gives us is a, is a break, for lack of a better word. Um, it takes us away from the stress and maybe the anxiety and all of the problems that we're working on either in our mind or on our computer or on a piece of paper. And it allows us to just disconnect and to focus on something completely outside of ourselves. Um, I think when we are able to engage in an engrossing novel or story, uh, we're able to completely disconnect from all of those things that commonly give us that, that stress. And so, I think it kind of depends on the book that you're reading. Hopefully it's one that you really enjoy, but especially those ones that we do enjoy, we can stimulate our creativity by imagining the story uh, to come alive in our brain. Um, it also allows us to almost enter an altered state of consciousness when we're reading and we're really focused, um, which is pretty similar to the way that our minds work when we're engaging in something like meditation or mindfulness. Um, so it's, it's really that powerful, I think. And the book that comes to mind for me when I think about, uh, which is kind of ironic when I think about mental wellness is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Um, and what I, I urge you as readers to think about is that we don't have to 
read into Alice's Adventures in Wonderland more than just the books that are, or the words that are on the paper. We don't have to find some hidden meaning in it. We don't have to apply it to cold world politics or something like that. It can just be the absurd novel that it is. Um, and I think it's one of the greatest ways, or one of the greatest books that we have to just disconnect from all of the, the things that make our world um, human and focused and logical. And we can just dive into something that's completely Ill illogical and absurd. And I think that helps us uh, really grow those parts of our mind that we don't get to spend a lot of, of attention on, but are certainly powerful, like our creativity. Um, and it helps to make us lighten up a little bit um, and just give our imaginations a little bit of exercise, which they don't always get, especially in a, you know, a situation like we're in right now. So this is a really good time to just let your mind be free and let it run a little bit. Um, and then I think from a, a physiological standpoint, it's always important to know what is reading doing to your brain. And I'm, you know, certainly no brain scientist, but there are some things that I've learned and I've researched. And one of the most important ones and the ones I think that is the coolest is that reading is really neurobiologically demanding, um, but not in a way that makes us tired or fatigued. Um, and so more so than like watching a video or, um, you know, listening to music, kind of like Michelle said, reading is engaging many different parts of our brain. And so it's keeping it stimulated and it's keeping it growing and keeping it healthy. And so when we read, we're activating our vision, our language skills, our associative learning. And so we're not letting um, our brain die off or, you know, go away. We're really starting to build it while also letting it calm down and just refocus. And so I think Reading is one of those things that's a pretty easy way to get in a good workout for your brain while also letting it rest and refocus on the things that can make it even better. I'll share a story of back in college. Again, this goes back to the book, Emma, because at the time the instructor that I was in class with talked about every year she would go to the beach and her summer reading was Emma. And it's for many of the reasons that Catherine just mentioned. It was lighthearted, it helped her relax, it took her away from wherever she was in the moment and brought her back to characters that she loved, that she felt connected to. It was almost having a relationship with this person that wasn't alive. And I think literature can do that. It's, you know, watching a good movie series where you don't want it to end. The same can be said of of reading a good book that you just want to keep those feelings going and it it brings you joy it relaxes you it puts you in a better mindset and so whatever your favorite book may be or maybe something something that you've put aside or you've read before i encourage you to pick it back up again you know reach touch base again with those characters that you love and and have that be your one of your summer reading books um, it can make you feel better and just get all those good juices flowing as we're in a time of not being able to go outside quite as much and being able to connect with each other. So thank you for that, Catherine. Um, we're going to move on to our last skill, which is diversity and inclusivity. Reading about lives and times that are different from ours, authors that were born and lived generations or even centuries before us can help us understand people in a different way and perhaps lead towards more inclusion and respect of one another while providing us with diverse perspectives. Multiple studies have shown that imagining stories helps activate the reasons of our brain responsible for better understanding others and seeing the world from a new perspective. 
So even as I think about the three of us, we all have in common that we are white females, but we are very diverse when it comes to ages and where we were raised. We're all we're from different parts of the country, um, different experiences we've had. So as you think about diversity and inclusivity, it's not just what people may look like, it's getting to know an e even deeper level of one another and what we each bring to life and to the RWC and to UCF and just in general. Um, so reaching out and trying to connect with others is a, is a great way and you can also learn and, and see that skill lived out through reading. So Lisa, how have you felt readings impacted your ideas on diversity and inclusion? To your point, Michelle, I think it's important for us to emphasize diversity and inclusion throughout our life. And I don't want to make reading of fiction books any different. Um, I want to reflect that value of diversity and inclusion in the authors I read, the stories I read, just as I try to reflect that in the businesses I frequent, the, um, the people that I support. There's a lot of ways that you can live out diversity and inclusion and the way that I do that through fiction is seeking out diverse authors stories and genres that will fulfill my love of reading while making sure that I continue to be educate, educated as an advocacy for diversity and inclusion. To me it's important to keep a list of what I read so I'm continuously um, able to go back and reflect upon where I spent a lot of time in whether it's a genre or a time period in history that books are set but I like to make sure that I find those different stories and perspectives to read from. Whether I'm reading from the perspective of Native American characters who are living in Oakland, California in the book, They're There, or experiencing the Congo with five women in the mid 1950s uh, in the book, The Poisonwood Bible, I'm always trying to take away lessons from the perspective of those who are different from me. And I think the more diverse environments and characters that offer me perspectives, and they help me learn from what I have not experienced myself or may never be able to experience myself. I feel that I can grow as an individual every time I finish a book that has unfamiliar setting or diverse characters that I can follow. I believe we're better um, for the diversity that exists in our lives and then we choose to learn from that diversity. I think fiction books offer unlimited lessons in diversity and they're guaranteed to broaden your horizons. So it's an endless opportunity to learn and grow as a person. I definitely all of those things are true, Lisa, and I appreciate um, your perspective there. And the only thing I would really add to that is just how important it is to hear stories from the perspective of the person that's living that experience. Um, I am certainly always trying to learn more about um, authors of color, women authors, um, authors from different perspectives and different places than where, where I am or who I am. And I think, you know, you can look at it as reading a first person narrative versus reading a history book, which one is going to give you more context, which one is going to feel more personal, um, and which one is really going to define the story better for you. And so I think it's really important to seek out books from people of different, um, different perspectives than you so that you can really understand their story from their, their heart more than anything else. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. And I'll just add that one way in which I've done this in the past was starting a book club, but I did that with some of the women at the rec center and just that alone with their different diverse perspectives and the way that they 
were raised and their experiences. When it was our turn to pick a list or to pick a book for that month, it exposed me to literature that I probably wouldn't have picked for myself. So that was a great way to get exposure to diversity. Lisa's shaking her head right now because that was uh, a chance for, again, I don't know that any of them had ever read the book that I picked up. There were some books that other people um, suggested that we read for the months that I would have never picked up. So I think one easy way that you can put together some diversity and inclusion in your reading is start a book club. You know, get some of your friends. You each pick a month and read a book and come together and talk about it. And that is a great fun way to share something with people that are close and mean and meaningful to you. So in conclusion, as we've discussed, there are many reasons for reading fiction and many life skills you, you can acquire in the process. Most of the time, I think we're reading for enjoyment, but if you stop and reflect, you may be getting much more out of your novel than just a relaxing way to pass time. As you finish up your finals and move on to summer classes, we encourage you to pick up a good book or two and spend some time getting to know the characters. And through that story, you may also learn some technical skills, discover more about yourself, better relate and empathize with others, and all the while giving your body and your mind a chance to rest and recover while engaging in someone else's life and journey. I'd like to thank Lisa and Catherine for being on this podcast today and for sharing wonderful, wonderful thoughts. Make sure you go out to, well, when we can go back out to those public libraries, make sure you get out there and grab a book or go online and you can uh, check out a book right now. Um, I'd like to end today with a quote from Ann Patchett. Reading fiction not only develops our imagination and creativity, it gives us the skills to be alone. It gives us the ability to feel empathy for people we've never met, living lives we couldn't possibly experience for ourselves, because the book puts us inside the character's skin. Thank you all for joining us. If you would like a copy of our RWC Summer Reading List, or if you'd like to join a book club, please email me at michelle.fitzgerald at ucf.edu, and happy reading, everyone.